there, loved ones, and welcome back to Delight in the Truth, where the truth of the gospel changes lives. Hi, I'm your host, Ronnie Joyce, and I am excited to jump into this episode with you. So this episode is the final installment of a three-part series on how not to fall into biblical illiteracy. The first two parts of this series covered why you and I should be reading the Bible for ourselves every day and how to get started reading our Bibles every day. In the first episode, we covered the three most important reasons why we should be reading our Bibles for ourselves every day. And I gave you three reasons. The first reason was to know God. That is the most important reason for why we read our Bible. The second reason is to live a life worthy of the calling that we have in Christ and to know who we are in Christ, who we are before Christ, who we are in Christ and how to live a life that's worthy of the calling that we have. The third reason was to know what is going on in the world around us. In our second episode, we discussed ways to prepare ourselves for Bible study that will get rid of all of the distractions, all of our distractions, all of our excuses. We talked a lot about being awake, being alert in the morning or in the afternoon or whatever that best time of day is for you and I to study our scriptures. Um, we talked about preparing a space that we can meet with God every day. We talked about a time, getting a, um, a time set every day and meeting God there every day at that time as if we were getting paid. <laughs> we talked a lot about um, preparing everything we need, like our Bibles, our pens, pencils, coffee, notepad, and all the study tools that we're actually going to talk about today in this episode. So today's episode, we're going to discuss some of my favorite study tools. What's important for you to know here is that these are just my favorites and you're not obligated to run out and buy any of these resources. If you're a beginner, there are some basic things that you're going to need. The deeper you get into study, there are other tools that you'll find helpful. There are no hard, fast rules here. So you don't need anything that I mentioned here. These are just helpful, hence helpful tools for you. This episode will be very simple and it is just to help you to weed through all the resources and things that are out there. There are some very good resources out there and there are some things that you really, really want to stay away from. So I want to be able to give you some safe tools today that you can get started without fear that you might be studying from someone um, who does not have your best interest at heart. So let's jump in. We're going to start with the most basic study tool you can use. And that study tool is a study Bible. So what is a study Bible? A study Bible is a Bible with a built-in commentary. The commentary is usually presented at the bottom of the page. This is a very basic commentary without a lot of detail, but it's enough to help you to understand much of what's being spoken about in the passage. Do you need a study Bible to study? No, you don't but they are very helpful, especially for those of you that are very new to this. So if you're going to have a study Bible, you really want to get a good one. 
So I want to give you some of my suggestions. I'm going to give you two today, but before I do, I want to tell you why it's important that you have a good one. You want to study Bible that is written by someone who study the original language of the old Testament and the new Testament, which would be Hebrew, Aramaic, and, um, Greek for the, for the new, uh, the new Testament. And I believe there's a little Hebrew in the new Testament or Aramaic. I always get that confused when it comes to the new Testament. Um, but you want someone who isn't getting that confused (laughs) and you want, um, them to, to understand the language. You, you also want a study Bible written by someone who has studied the Bible. This really sounds obvious, but you'll be amazed at what's out there. You will also want a study Bible written by someone who believes in historical Christianity and not some progressive form of Christianity. And what I mean there is there is a historical Christianity that, that goes all the way back to Genesis. Uh, We have understood this teaching to be Christianity and there is a new progressive form of create of, I hate to even call it Christianity because it's not, but it's this idea that God changes over time to fit people. But the Bible is so clear that God never changes. So he isn't changing to fit our culture because now things have changed for us. So God has softened his stance on things in order to meet us where we are. God doesn't do that. We meet God And that is only by his grace because we could never meet God where he is. He has to reach down and, and scoop us up and help us to reach him. He is never softening his edge to meet us. He makes it possible for us to meet him through the the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So I won't go any further into that. I just want to make sure that you understand that the reason why I've chosen these tools is because these are authors and writers and theologians that have proven themselves over the years for being those who love God's word and delight in sharing that word with us. So the same rule that I'm talking about here for a study Bible will, will translate over into every study tool that we go over today. That said, my first resource suggestion will be the MacArthur, the MacArthur Study Bible written by John MacArthur. The MacArthur Study Bible is written in several different translations, but not all of them. And this is important. There are solid biblical translations and there are translations that wouldn't necessarily be considered a translation. They are more like paraphrases, which is what they are technically called, but we have gotten in the habit of calling these translations. These are not translations. A paraphrase is a paraphrase. It is not a translation. This means that someone like, let's say Eugene Peterson, he is, to me, he's the most popular one. Um, he wrote the message Bible and that is a paraphrase. It's one of my favorite paraphrases, but I would never use this to study from. 
So the paraphrase is simply taking line by line of the scriptures and paraphrasing it so that you can better understand it. Um, so it's sort of like saying if you took the new King James and it says, Veronica adorns an onyx gown. Now that's not in the Bible, but, (laughs) but let's just say that was there. Eugene Peters would probably say something like Ronnie sports, a black dress. It's sort of, it's saying the same thing in a way that we would better understand it spoken in our language. A lot of younger people enjoy this translation because it kind of speaks their language. Um, A translation would be scholars taking the original word and translating it into a different language. There is a huge difference here. There are also translations that are simply not translated accurately. So we want to stay far away from those. And some of those would be um, the Jehovah Witnesses Bible. It is called the Watchtower Bible. Um, and these, it, you want to stay away from any translation that takes the deity of Christ and changes it in any way. Um, so if you go to uh, John 1 and it says, the word was, um, was with God and the word was God. And you read a translation that says the word was with God, small cap. I mean, instead of a capital W, there is a lowercase W, like just a regular word was with God. And the word was a God. Now you're talking about two different things at this point. Now we're talking about Veronica adorns a black gown And now you're saying Veronica adorns a black pants suit. Now we're not talking about the same thing. We're talking about the same person, but we're talking about something different. And that's what you're going to get with some of these, um, translations. So we're not going to go too deep into translations today. What I will do is give you a couple of really solid translations. So you can have a bit of a choice. And I always suggest that you have several different translations when you're studying, because I, for, for me, I always find that wherever there's a little difference in each of the translations, reading all, like if I'm wearing, reading three of them at a time, you putting those all together gives me a fuller picture and it helps me to understand better what's happening here. It could seem that these different translations are saying different things and that they clash with each other, but they don't. Um, and the more you start to see them together, you'll start to see that. So let me just give you a couple that I find to be really solid. We'll go into more details in this and maybe another podcast, but for now the NIV, which is the new international version, the ESV which is the English standard version and the NASB, the new American standard Bible. These are wonderful translations and they're a great place to start for your study. My next suggestion for study Bibles would be the new inductive Bible study. You will find in this Bible, it does not have a commentary, 
but it is loaded with great study tools. It goes through the inductive study method made popular by K. Arthur. This is a great study tool. And what I love about both of these study Bibles is that you can go to their website and get tons and tons of great resources. I will put these websites in the notes, but I will also mention them here. For the MacArthur Study Bibles, you can go to gty.org. That's gracetoyou.org. And for the new inductive Bible study, you can go to precepts, I'm sorry, precept.org. These are two websites that have everything you need for wonderful, in-depth Bible study. There's so many resources on these two sites. And what I like about the precept site is they have portions of precept studies. So you can learn this method without having to buy a bunch of resources and, and things like that. All right, so let's move on. My next resource will be commentaries. Again, my very favorite commentary comes from John MacArthur. For new studiers, a really great resource would be the MacArthur Bible Commentary. This Bible commentary covers everything from Genesis to Revelation. It's all in one book, and that makes it really simple and inexpensive. It's a pretty thick book, I would say about two inches or so, but in comparison to the library that John MacArthur has on every book in the New Testament, this is pretty easy. This is pretty small in comparison to all that. The best thing about this commentary is that just about everything in the actual, uh, in this actual book, you will find in the MacArthur study Bible only in larger print. And that's great for me because, um, the commentaries in the Bibles have to be pretty small and John MacArthur covers verse by verse. So verse by verse, and in doing so, he's got to keep that print <laughs> pretty small to get all that to fit. Um, so I love being able to pull out this commentary alongside my Bible, um, and be able to read it with my glasses <laughs> without struggling. So it's a really great resource. Now, Another option, if you're not overwhelmed, would be the MacArthur Library of Commentaries for the New Testament. He has one commentary for just about every book. And when I say just about, I'm simply saying that some of the smaller books he has put together in one book, which is great and is also a really great value too, because you're getting sometimes two or three um, commentaries in one book. So that's I found that to be the best way to start my library. I would get the commentary for all those little small books and they cost like $19.99 on his website and you get three commentaries in that one book. Um, I found that to be a great way for me to start and to even start studying because when you start like the inductive study method, it's always best to find a small book or it can get really overwhelming really fast. So these are amazing. He goes through such deep and great detail that you can absolutely, again, get lost in this. And my final favorite commentary would be the Believer's Bible Commentary by William MacDonald. This is my very first commentary and you should see the condition of this book. 
it was my go-to at all times. And it was, it, I mean, I mean, it has been highlighted and torn and dropped and spilled upon and, but it is still one of my very favorite commentaries in my library. It's just so simply put, it's easy to read. It's not too scholarly. It's not over your head. And I, I mean, honestly, I started with the MacArthur. I started by telling you about the MacArthur commentary, but if you are anything like me, I I'm, I'm dyslexic and it's hard for me to read. Um, so when I think about reading a book, that's two inches thick, that intimidates me. God is gracious and he allows me to read anything that has anything to do with him without any problem. But I still, it never stops me from feeling a little intimidated when I pick up a two inch book. So this book was great. I loved going to it because it was just so simply put. And I actually found this book because I saw the review one of the reviews on the side panel of the book was by John MacArthur, who even early in my walk, I trusted with the word of God. So when I saw that he endorsed it, I thought, oh, this is a good one because I saw his and they were way over my head at the time. So anyway, that was, uh, that's a really good choice. The Believer's Bible Commentary by William MacDonald. You can probably find that, um, I found it in a Christian bookstore, but you can probably find it on Amazon if you don't have a Christian bookstore close by. I do really prefer shopping in Christian bookstores or from the Christian author themselves because I like to know that my money is going to fund things that I would agree with. <laughs> so I don't, I would prefer not to buy things on Amazon if I can. So I encourage you to do that. Go to their website, see if you can find it on their website or go to a Christian bookstore. Alrighty. Next, we're going to talk a little bit about concordances. So you might be asking, what is a concordance? I certainly was. So a brief description here would be that a Bible concordance contains alphabetical index of words used in the Bible and the main Bible references where the word occurs. These are useful for locating passages in the Bible. I got this definition from gotquestions.org. <laughs> I was trying to find a quick, concise way of explaining that, and that was perfect. So I got that explanation from gotquestions.org. Great site when you just have questions about the Bible and other faiths and all sorts of things. You can, you, you can ask all sorts of biblical questions there. So that's a plug for them, even though I, I don't get paid for that. Don't think I get paid for that. I don't. It's one of my great resources again. They are just a great resource when you're trying to find out um, any kind of Bible question. Why do we use a concordance? These are helpful tools to help us find words in the Bible and gain insight into them. I encourage and suggest that you go, that you get an exhaustive concordance. An exhaustive concordance simply means that it, it exhausts every word in the Bible. An exhaustive Bible concordance will exhaust all the words of the Bible. So it will, you will find all the words in the Bible in the concordance or most of the words. Anything less than an exhaustive concordance, which you can find uh, like a concise, will have fewer words, but still a lot. And I mean, the odds are you're going to find what you're looking for even in that. A concordance will help you to learn the definitions 
of Greek, Hebrew, and Aramaic words. And a concordance is super helpful in locating Bible verses. So that's why we would use a concordance. My favorite Bible concordance would be the strongest. It's, that's what it's called, the strongest. I have one for NIV and one for NASB. The strong, the one for NIV I know is, is done by Edward W. Goodrick and John R. Kohlenberger, K-O-H-L-E-N-B-E-R-G-E-R, Kohlenberger. You want a concordance that is the same translation as the Bible you're studying. So if you're using the NIV, you want the NIV exhaustive concordance. And if you use the NASB, you want an NASB exhaustive concordance and so on. You see how that works. That way you're getting the actual translation to match. Next, we have dictionaries of Bible words. I find these go hand in hand with the concordances. At least I always use them together. Sometimes they help me find things I can't find in one. I can find it easier in the other. It's just... As I was learning my study techniques, these helped me understand things better. So they're just really helpful alongside each other. My favorite is called the New Strongs. Your, the concordance word was called the strongest and the dictionary is called the New Strongs. The New Strong is written by James Strong. The Bible dictionary works a lot like a regular dictionary but it focuses on the languages of the scriptures and then you can see the words in English. So actually they start with the, you find the English word that you're reading in the, the Bible. When, when you find that word, it will give you a number and then you take that number and you look for the word in the Hebrew or the Greek translation. This, this one is, I find these to be very easy. I find... The words sometimes might be spelled a little different in the Strong's as the Strong's dictionary and the strongest concordance. The words may be very similar in spelling. And that's the only thing that might get you kind of confused, but just expect that and know that it's the same word if the numbers are the same, if that makes sense. If you have questions, just leave me comments. And I will try to figure it out or walk it through with you. So like I said, at the beginning of the book, you're going to find the English word and you're look, you're going to find an English word that you're looking for. And then it's going to give you a number and it's going to, that's where you're going to go to find the Hebrew and Greek word. And then it'll give you the definition just like a dictionary would. Another great dictionary is the Vines. Vines also has a Vines exhaustive dictionary. I have the Vines Concise Dictionary and I I have never needed to upgrade to find a word. So um, again, you have that concise and you have that exhaustive. The exhaustive meaning that it uses all, it finds all the words in this dictionary. This dictionary is by W.E. Vine. So these are the most basic tools used today by beginners and scholars for studying the Bible. There are other tools, lots of other tools like Bible surveys, where you're surveying the Old Testament or the New Testament. There are what I would call like general introductions to the Bible. 
There are introductions to the Old Testament, uh, the poetic books, the or the New Testament, or other genres if you are really wanting to narrow down and focus on a particular genre. There is the John MacArthur Bible Handbook, which is a great resource from John MacArthur. Again, another John MacArthur book. I just, he's just so solid that I, I, I rather not take chances if I don't have to. So I really stick close to those teachers that I know are solid Bible teachers who love the truth. Cause I love the truth. It is, I, it is just steady ground for me. I, so I, I want to learn from other people who feel that way. So John MacArthur loves the truth. And so I have lots of things in my library from John MacArthur. And then lastly, there are Bible encyclopedias. You can jot down some of those. And, um, when you're ready to jump into some of those like surveys and things like that, you will know where to go. Just kind of keep a list of these things that you can go to once you feel comfortable with studying the way you've been studying. So I hope this episode was helpful for you today. I hope this helps you to get started in your Bible study time. And I hope it makes your study time rich and full and meaningful. But before I send you off into study, let me make sure to say again, that you do not need these tools to study God's word. All you need is God's word and the Holy Spirit who promises to lead you and to teach you everything that Jesus taught. Trust him and believe in his word. Let me also make very clear. You cannot know God's truth. You cannot know God and you cannot learn anything about him. You cannot study God in any way without the word of God. You need God's word. It is not enough to go to church one hour on Sunday and listen to a pastor preach. You are not going to know all that God has for you in that setting. We have been blessed in this country to have Bibles in our homes. We have no excuse not to be studying his word. So you only need God. You need prayer. You need the Holy Spirit to study God's word. Read and pray. Talk to God about what you're reading. Ask for him to open up the scriptures to you. He absolutely will. Seek him with all your heart. Seek him with all your heart and he will be found by you. Trust him and believe in his word. If you don't understand something, it's okay. There are things that we will never understand about God and his word. Even the Bible says the secret things are his. So there are things that he has not revealed, things that just will not be clear. There are things that won't be clear to you today because he wants the greatest impact from that teaching when you're faced with it. And you may not learn about something for years and then all of a sudden it'll make absolute sense to you. Don't worry about things like that. Just enjoy your time with your heavenly father. Delight in what he gives you today. Every little nugget, every little piece that he gives you, give him praise because this is grace from God. This is his grace that heaven meets earth, that we could hear from God through his word. Come back every day and spend time with him. I promise it will be worth it. It may seem difficult at the beginning, but that's okay. Embrace the difficulty. You have to walk into this knowing that nothing on earth worth having comes easy. Nothing. Everything 
that is worth having comes with a little struggle. All right, loved ones, I look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you so much for joining me today on Delight in the Truth, where the truth of the gospel changes lives. If you enjoyed listening or watching this podcast, please go to Delight in the Truth and click the subscribe button, or you can subscribe on YouTube or iTunes or Podbean or wherever you listen. Don't forget to share this podcast with those you love. Delight in the Truth was brought to you by Genesis One Biblical Counseling. This is not counseling via podcast. If you find yourself in need of biblical counseling, please feel free to contact my office at 480-340-1381 or go to genesis1bc.org. That's genesis1bc.org for more information or to make an appointment.